hop in and see Marie. It's my health right in that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Let me see if I can uh, reach the queen of health on the line. Because, folks, again, hey, why not? You could get some nice gifts in there, some great gifts in there, as a matter of fact, with the queen of health. Our friend Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. She has been very busy, which I'm glad to hear, and I'm not surprised. Folks, there she is on this sunny Friday is the Queen of Health. It's Marie. It's my health. Good afternoon, Marie. Good afternoon, John. How are you today? Well, we spoke earlier and you said it has been nonstop busy this week. We like hearing it. And I'm not surprised because you have great items that make tremendous gifts. Absolutely. Absolutely. And perfect, wonderful service, too. Yes. Well, that goes without saying. Now, Marie, let's say there's someone listening right now. And they're thinking that today or tomorrow of this week, they're going to pop in and see you, 1099 Menden Road. Someone comes in and says, I'd like to get some nice quality gifts for people on my list. Take, let's role play. What does Marie of It's My Health say? Well, if someone loves taking like a nice soaking bath, we have mineral salts. If they like to just do some pampering, we have lots of things for, you know, face um, masks and things like that. We have wonderful soaps and lotions and oils, essential oils. So if it's a pampering kind of thing, we could do that. Could also get some teas to go with, with that. Someone have a nice hot cup of tea after a nice bath. Wow. Who doesn't like the idea of a nice bath? Now, on top of that, Marie, you also have over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that people can purchase. Yeah, yeah. I think it's over 300 now. So, yeah, it just keeps adding. People ask for different things. We have herbalists who come in. We have, you know, people who are just trying trying things out come in. They ask for things. If I can get them, I, I add them. So, we're always adding Folks, lots it, of good teas, lots of good herbs. Yep, folks, it's Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Great items, quality items, and also things that are good for you with great service. Marie, what are your hours for today and also for tomorrow? It's supposed to be good weather as well. We are here till 530 today and tomorrow from 9 to 4. You are the queen of health, and we will talk to you again next week. Thanks. Take care, John. All right, folks, it is Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Now it's 125. Boy, this uh, story regarding the parents is uh, really starting to pick up a lot of momentum with the, the parents now indicted. But I, I know that some people might uh, think, but th- this is outrageous. He was searching for ammunition on his cell phone in class. The teacher reported it. The school called and emailed the parents, but got no response. So they got a hold of this kid's phone and on it, it said, LOL, I'm not mad at you. You have to learn how not to get caught. What, what, like, I, I, are you kidding me? Then if that is the case, then, uh, you know, no sympathy. I know that initially the parents could say, you know, hey, you can't blame the parents and blah, blah, blah. But uh, the parents are being charged. The parents are being charged. Let's hear some more sound of um President Biden uh, earlier this morning when he was uh, speaking with speaking with the press. It's about three times faster than any other president in their first year in office. The number of people claiming unemployment has fallen from 18 million when I took office to 2 million this week. He meant when I took office. I want to go to the prosecutor now in Michigan. She is going after the parents on this whole thing. Let's hear this. 
want to be really clear that these charges are intended to hold the individuals who contributed to this tragedy accountable and also send a message that gun owners have a responsibility. When they fail to uphold that responsibility, there are serious and criminal consequences. As we work together to honor the lives lost and all of those impacted by the evil acts this week, justice for the victims and their families is at the forefront of today's announcement. We need to do better in this country. We need to say enough is enough for our kids, our teachers, parents, for all of us in this community and the communities across this nation. I I want to be very clear. I mean, all the way around, this is bad, right? I mean, all the way around, this thing is bad. So the fact that, you know, this, I, I know normally people would say you can't blame the parents, but this, the more we're learning about this situation in, in Michigan, there, there were a lot of red flags with this whole thing. Now let's go to CNN has on a firearm expert. Alec Baldwin claims he never pulled the trigger. Uh, they have a CNN has an expert on it said, I, I've never seen this happen. So the gun. And this is one of the big headlines from this interview. Alec Baldwin made the claim that he never pulled the trigger. That what he did was he pulled the hammer back and then released it. Explain okay, well, to me exactly what happened. Okay, explain that. to me what he's claiming and how plausible that is. Okay, so not plausible. On a single action revolver, when you pull the hammer back, which is an intentional act, click, 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 click. Now the hammer is set. When you pull the hammer back and let go, as you can see, I'm not holding this. You know, the hammer doesn't go anywhere. When you press the trigger, which is, I'm going to do it with this finger so you can see what a minute act that is. It takes very little to press the trigger there. So option one, you know, he pressed the trigger, but it was such a minor press that that he wasn't aware that he had, you know, ordered that signal from his brain. Or option B, he's holding the gun with the trigger depressed. Now, on this gun, it doesn't matter which order you go in. You can either cock the gun and you can fire it with the trigger, or you can press the gun, the trigger, and then cock the gun. And if you release it at this point, it falls and the gun fires. So if as he's cross-drawing, his finger is on the trigger, which he may have interpreted as just resting on the trigger, but with a one millimeter pull, that would be sufficient. Now he pulls the hammer back and then releases it he doesn't have to press the trigger again if he's already got pressure on it in order for the gun to fire and i think that's really a key point in this in this matter two two other possibilities that i have seen raised and everyone who raises them say almost minuscule chance that it's that it could be number one he didn't pull the hammer back to the point it clipped it clicked any possibility of doing that and and discharging a bullet uh, no, the, 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 there are detents that catch the hammer, you know, at each point in the way. I could let go at any point, and the, the, the firing pin never will impact uh, a casing. And then the last possibility is, is that somehow the gun itself was flawed, so that the mechanism that would cause it to click, as you really very, very clearly pointed out to us, somehow didn't work there was no click there 
and that somehow there was nothing to prevent the hammer from going in. Any possibility of that? Only an investigation that examines the interior parts of the gun could reveal that. But unlikely in your experience. Very unlikely. I've never seen it happen. Steve, I want to thank you for, for showing us that. Because that- wow, that was a really good demonstration on on CNN. Very good demonstration and outlining the fact that, I mean, it seems highly doubtful. I also, I want to just play a quick snippet. Helena Folks, who ran CBS has sat down on Newsmakers, Tim White, Ted Nisi, first interview. Uh, they posted a little clip of her online. Let me just hear this a little bit. Governor is an entry-level position. Well, I think of this as an opportunity to get things moving again. And I see myself as really different than everyone else in the race because I've never been a politician. And I don't think that you need to have had political office to understand how to move an economy forward, how to make things work. And so I really bring, I think, a lot of skills to the party, but I care deeply about the state. And I think that I will do something very unique for the people of Rhode Island because I haven't been a politician my whole life. That's interesting. That's interesting. So that's the first we're hearing from her. I think we're going to hear a lot more from her. She is the one. She made a a boatload of money at CBS. Money is not going to be a problem um, for Helena folks. So we're going to see how she does. Um, How about I want to just play this. Fauci's making the rounds again, which I don't fully understand. But. He was asked, Dr. Fauci, folks, and again, good afternoon at 1.32. We're going to talk to Jeff Deal, Republican candidate for governor, coming up just a few moments before 2 o'clock. He was on with Neil Cavuto, Dr. Fauci, and was asked about 18 to 20 percent of illegals tested, are testing positive for COVID. Let me um, hear this exchange. In this country, um, you know, see that they're, they're COVID safe and all of that. But I was thinking, I know you've been asked about this in the past, doctor, about uh, what's happening at the border right now. We have about 18% of the migrant families here, 20% of unaccompanied minors testing positive for uh, the COVID. Uh, if you use the figure 20,000, and that's a, a loose figure, doctor, uh, who have been apprehended, that, that could be up to 4,000 in individuals who had COVID. What do we do about that? You know, Neil, I I don't have an easy answer for that. I mean, obviously, Title 42 is still operable at the border, trying to keep people who should not come in into the country. There is testing that is done. I'm I'm certain it's not as extensive as we would like to see. But I have to admit, uh, Neil, I don't have an easy answer. That's a very difficult problem. Don't have an easy answer. Well, that is the problem, that there's no answer for that, because they are bringing it in. How about Dr. Fauci calls the virus the Wuhan strain? Wait a minute. The Wuhan strain. Whoa. Is that if you look at the vaccination, we were vaccinated against the original, what we call ancestral or Wuhan strain. Yet, when you get antibodies from that vaccination, and when you get boosted, the level of protection spills over to Delta, to Alpha. Wow. He, he said what he said. Folks, good afternoon at 134. Again, we're going to talk with uh, Jeff Deal, Republican. He is uh, running for governor of Massachusetts. And we're going to um, talk to him coming up before 2 o'clock. But this is interesting. The parents of the Michigan school shooter are charged four counts of manslaughter. I think what, um, well, the father bought the gun with them. They didn't keep it locked up. Um, 
the, 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 the family was reaching out, was the, the school was reaching out to the family. How about the mother texted the kid, don't do it. I mean, that leads you to believe that they had some knowledge that it was happening. But the fact that a teacher sent an email and contacting the parents to, um, to about this thing that he was trying to find ammunition on his phone, that's, um, uh, well, well, we'll talk with our legal analyst on uh, attorney Tim Dodd probably about that on, on Monday. So on Monday, we will talk about that. But it, it is, and I agree with people. You know, it is unusual. I get an email from someone, how can they blame the parents? But the, the Alec Baldwin thing is even more interesting. You know, he did a big tearful interview with Stephanopoulos. And that he has settled on. He seems to feel that no one, they don't have video or you can't tell if he pulled the trigger. So he's trying to now say, Alec Baldwin, that he didn't pull the trigger. I you're hearing experts saying it would seem to be impossible. I think the explanation we just heard seems to be more akin to to what, you know, with what happened. So now, in regards to locally, so Governor McKee, no, he's not doing any public appearances today. I don't know if he's going to do them this weekend. Uh, he certainly seems upset regarding... Uh, the 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 way that this is playing out, he's had a, a moving, changing, um, a moving, changing talking point, if you will, of exactly you know why he was giving it to them, and um, let me also former police officer to lead civilian oversight of Providence Police. The Providence City Council approved. Oh, I don't know who that is. Okay, uh, but the the problem for Governor McKee is you know, he can blame his staff. He can blame his lieutenant governor, who said, "Well, the governor, she he likes to use more of a, a carrot than a stick, whatever it be." Listen, it. I'll give I'll give a newcomer, Helena Folks. That's the woman that ran CVS Credit for saying, "I I don't understand why you're paying people for something that they already something they already did." And and she's not she's not wrong in that. Now, right now at uh, one thirty seven, folks, I want to remind you several things. Now, number one, you're going to be out and about. Maybe you want to get drink or lunch or dinner. Pop in and see them at the Lodge, the Lodge Pub and Eatery, forty Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. The food is delicious. The drinks are great, and really take in. That beautiful outside deck. And also, um, boom, boom, boom. I, I want to remind people that you want to keep yourself safe and family safe. Uh, this would be a good time. You know what also makes a great gift is Surplus Provisions, Pontiac Avenue and Cranston. They have a great Facebook page. They are one mile from Garden City. Tactical gear, uh, pepper spray. They have all different kinds of things. And it's also female friendly. But this is where I um, I always pop in and see them when I'm going to be out doing a lot of the stuff that's on the streets. That is, um, someone said to me, boy, sometimes it looks dangerous. Well, it is dangerous. <laughs> but I pop in and they keep me safe. And they have. They have. As I've told the story, one of the members of Antifa um, last summer attempted to slice me down the back with a box cutter. 
and uh, they sliced my sweatshirt, but I had on um, tactical gear. I had on body armor underneath the sweatshirt, and so the plates protected me. And that was, you know, it was Tanya that that uh, recommended that. So, folks, again, it's um, it's John DePietro on AM thirteen eighty and ninety nine point nine FM. You can always listen online. So we are uh, standing by for Jeff Deal, who's going to be uh, calling us. Uh, momentarily and we're going to talk to him about the fact this really opens the door for the fact that Charlie Baker is not running for office so folks as a matter of fact joining us on the line right now I think he's going to be the next governor of Massachusetts we want to welcome back to the program our friend Republican it's Jeff Deal good afternoon Jeff Deal Hey, John, how you doing? Good. You are the real deal. Jeff, first of all, I, I want to back up. You ran a tremendous campaign against Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren and left it all out on the field. But that was a, that was a tough race. Now, with Governor Baker's announcement, I think you are really positioned to be the next governor of Massachusetts. Yeah, John, I, I thank you for that. And I really appreciate, by the way, you having me on back in 2018. Oh, yeah allowing me to make my case. And I think despite the fact that we didn't win the race, I think we really uh, showed that, you know, my focus was on Massachusetts. Elizabeth Warren was clearly looking at the White House. And true, true, sure enough, she ends up running for president yep. right after the election was over, even though I, I asked her to sign a pledge that she would serve the full term. She, she didn't want to serve as a senator in Massachusetts. She clearly wanted to go on to the White House. Then she came in third place in Massachusetts. So I guess there was a little bit of, uh, you know, chickens coming home to roost. But hey, anyway, this you're right. This campaign right now that I'm focused on for governor here in Massachusetts is one that I think, like you said, it's a winnable race, but it's also an important race because right now we're coming out of the uh, pandemic. We are seeing businesses still struggling to get out there. And now you're seeing the economy in kind of a free fall. You know, the the inflation's going up, the cost of food, the cost of gas is just going out of control. Washington has no way to control it right now. And, um, you know, people are still, their kids are still having to wear masks in schools and parents are very frustrated about that. This vaccine mandate in Massachusetts is forcing state employees to get fired if they don't get it. And, uh, you know, nurses are, are being fired at their hospitals. So now we have, you know, the people are, re- the hospitals are basically trying to put off any elective surgery, which people might need. So it's, it's an awful situation and nobody's doing anything about it. And so I, I think, you know, for me, my goal is to get into there and, and let's start let's start re-empowering people to have, take back control of their lives. Wow. Make sure that par- parents have the decision over their family's health care. Make sure that the uh, economy gets put back on track. And so, I, again, I'm looking forward to a very strong uh, campaign over the next year to make my case. Folks, again, we're speaking with the Republican Jeff Deal, who, and I want to be very clear, he announced he was running for governor before Governor Baker's announcement. They would have, Governor Baker would have had to face him in, in a primary. That's off to the side now because Jeff is, in fact, the Republican candidate. And Jeff, I think your your approach, your leadership, your vision of what Massachusetts could be, should be, is more akin in line with some of the Republican governors out there, whether it be Governor DeSantis, uh, Governor Yunkin that just won in, in Virginia. I also like the fact that you were a Trump supporter and you've never shied away from that. Yeah. Look, you know, back in 2016 when he ran, I was the only Republican in Massachusetts who was an elected official who endorsed him. But it was an easy call because Donald Trump, to me at the time, was speaking the language that everybody was thinking, right? We need to make American manufacturing first. We need to secure our borders. We need to pull our troops out of, you know, endless foreign wars. And, uh, you know, all those things were right. He, he, 
promised that. He got into office. He delivered on it. But unfortunately, the media and this resist movement that just didn't want to see him succeed at all dragged him down. And look, now we're seeing buyer's remorse. Uh, President Biden, uh, his approval rating is absolutely, you know, you can't find a bottom right now. It continues to drop and drop and drop. And what that means is I think that, you know, if Donald Trump is uh, running again, of course, I commit to support supporting him but he's also committed to supporting me in this race and he endorsed me about a month and a half ago which yep. is exciting right. uh, so yeah i mean i, I think that uh, you know an america first agenda certainly is starting to win even in blue states like virginia as you mentioned with yunkin um but desantis is really showing how a republican in florida can basically power through the pandemic in a way that keeps businesses going keeps people healthy because it's, it's it's the lowest death rate and, and on top of that uh, people are moving to Florida. I mean, he's growing that state at a time when, you know, people are fleeing other blue states. So, you know, my job is a, a turnaround up here in Massachusetts is to get in and start letting people know that, you know, we are going to change course and we are going to put a, you know, instead of a government heavy uh, burden on them all the time, we're going to let people empower them to do their thing in their life, let the businesses do their thing. That's how you grow. Folks, we're speaking with the Republican Jeff Deal. And Jeff, I want to share with you. So I interviewed recently Mark Meadows, and we were talking politics. He said, what do you think happens? This was before the announcement. If there's a primary in uh, for governor in Massachusetts, I said my money would be on Jeff Deal. I interviewed, I interviewed Peter Navarro. You're also... They, they know who you are. Peter Navarro, I interviewed him. He asked me the same type of thing. And I, I, they were, I said, my money would be on Jeff Deals. So, listen, I think it's also positive that you don't even have to go through it. And now you could just focus on you're going to be the guy. The endorsement is huge. And, Jeff, you know, I, what I like is you're not going to hesitate. It, it's not our imagination. There are high gas prices. There is a worker shortage. And there's a supply chain issue. It'd be refreshing to have someone who will say it's not your imagination. President Biden is proving he's incapable of leading the country. Absolutely. Look, back in 2014, I led the repeal of the gas tax here in Massachusetts from going up automatically every year without a vote. It was a, a disastrous plan, and uh, it would have cost taxpayers billions of dollars. They didn't need the revenue. We proved that. And I showed that in office, I was willing to stand up for the taxpayers, and I paid the price. Even my own Republican minority leader in the House took me off of the Ways and Means Committee, the most powerful committee, after I led that ballot question. That's what happens up on Beacon Hill. They don't want you to change the status quo. They want you to actually just go along to get along up there. So I fought that. I stayed in office for several more years. And when Elizabeth Warren was running, I said, you know what? I'm going to stand up and fight against her. So you know what? I, I've never been afraid to take on a challenge, take on a fight. I have nothing to lose in this race, kind of like Donald Trump. I mean, I'm not as rich as Donald Trump, but I, I, I have nothing to lose. My wife and I own a small business. I work for a great company on this as well. And what I want to do is get back into the corner office knowing what I know about how government operates and start putting a true uh, sort of business model to everything. Right now, it's just they take taxpayers' money and they spend it wherever they want. There's no accountability, no transparency. We just got $5 billion, $5 billion from the federal government for pandemic relief. It, they spent $4 billion of it last night in the middle of the night in an in, in a informal session, meaning no votes, no uh. calls were, were taken. There was no debate over four billion dollars spent in massachusetts last night unbelievable and by the way my recommendation was that that money should go fill up our seven billion dollar depleted uh, rainy day fund or i'm sorry the unemployment insurance fund and instead they bonded that debt for the future and making businesses pay that back they just took this money which should have gone there and just blew it on all their pet projects it's insane what's going on on beacon hill 
Folks, we're speaking with Jeff Deal. And Jeff, I also want to point out, your campaign is going to have a lot of enthusiasm. Before, and I'm not going to let you go just yet, but before we hang out, right now, someone listening, how can they get involved with the campaign or learn more about the campaign? Yeah, look, I think right now uh, we're looking for a lot of people to volunteer and help out with this campaign for the next year because it's exciting. When we uh, ran in 2018, I had a big RV and we, we stopped all over the state, everywhere. We had great volunteers at parades. We had people standing out on roadsides. And I love standing there with them talking because that's where I get my best ideas on government, how government should run, from the people out there who know what they're doing and what they want. I'm their, they're my boss. I work for them. I want to hear from the people. So if you want to volunteer and be part of that team, then you can go to jeffdeal.com. And it's spelled a little bit differently. My mom decided to make me unique in that way. It's Jeff with a G. So it's www.geoff. D-I-E-H-L.com, jeffdeal.com. You can volunteer there. You can obviously donate, which I'd love. But you can also get a campaign gear. We've got great, uh, like, fleeces and T-shirts and lawn signs and bumper stickers. So it really gives you all my positions. It's a great website to go to to get a complete view of what we're doing and how you can get involved. Folks, again, we're speaking with Republican uh, Jeff Deal. And, Jeff, during that campaign, uh, you were nice enough. I, I had an opportunity to uh, obviously meet you, but then it was at the fundraiser at Howie Carr's house, and I got a chance to talk to Herman Cain, and Herman Cain pulled me aside and said, pointed to you and said, watch this guy. This is a rising star in the Republican Party. And so you must, listen, it's not easy to lose a campaign, but you should, I would imagine, you should feel very good right now. You, you By plunging ahead and taking on Elizabeth Warren, which was a statewide race, you have that experience, you have the base um, you have a lot of support. I, I, I really like where your position in this race, Jeff Deal. Well, John, let me just add one more thing, too. I think everybody remembers a guy named Scott Brown back in 2001. Oh, yeah. yep. He won a special election. Now, maybe the ladies in your audience can, can differ with me on the opinion here, but I, I don't think it was the barn coat and the truck that won him that election. I think it was the fact that he promised to be the 41st vote against Obamacare, which basically was government taking over control of your health care. Yep. And even in Massachusetts, even in a blue state like Massachusetts, people said, no way. I don't want government to control my health care. We are seeing that over again right now with the mandates, the vaccines, the, the boosters. People are saying, government's forcing me to get all this. I don't want this. I don't want my kids in school with masks on when they are basically the lowest risk population in the world. I mean, kid, no child under 18 has died in Massachusetts from COVID. So the parents know they're tired of it. They want control back. The school boards are trying to shut them down, partially because of the CR uh, critical race theory stuff that's going on. And parents don't want that curriculum. And so the school boards aren't listening. Parents are tired. They want someone who's going to champion them. And I've been a, a fighter for you know basically the average working folks since I got into office in 2010. This is a chance now to take it to the corner office and make real change in Massachusetts. I was communicating with Ambassador Brown just the other day. We're going to have him on the program. And Jeff, how about the fact, now he's living in New Hampshire. How about the fact his wife, Gail, is running for Congress? So I think that is <laughs> is is terrific. And I've known Scott a very long time. I was the first one. I He used to fill in for me when I was on, on, the, on the radio in Boston. So I, I've known him for a long time. He's now obviously living in New Hampshire. Jeff, let me ask you about your reaction, because I, I think you're right. 
with what happened with Terry McAuliffe in Virginia, you know, him standing up, parents have no right to tell teachers what's going to be taught. Unbelievable. That, 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 that doesn't sound like the Jeff Deal approach to education. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. In fact, I was so frustrated. There's a group uh, in Massachusetts called the, the Mass Association of School Committees, right? It's sort of the parent group to all the school committees. They did a, a retreat down in Hyannis about, uh, I think it was like a month and a half ago. And they retweeted the uh, the tweet from the, the uh the article about um, McAuliffe saying that parents shouldn't have a say in the curriculum. They actually retweeted it in favor of that opinion. And I thought, oh, my gosh. And by the way, at that retreat, nobody was wearing a mask uh, during all the activities, despite the fact that that, that board decides that kids should be wearing masks all around the state. Right. You know, do as I do. Uh, do as I say, not as I do is uh, the, the theory there. But, yeah, no, I mean, I think you're right. My, my candidacy, surely everybody knows I have two daughters. One of them's in high school right now. And. Uh, there is no way we're going to give her the vaccine that is basically untested at this point. I am vaccinated, but that's my own personal choice. Yep. So, you know, it's it's not anti-vaccine. It's, no. it's all about your right and what your medical doctor thinks is right for you. There's a lot of people with underlying conditions that should never get this vaccine. But government saying, especially if you work for the government, if you don't get it, you're out. And thankfully, uh, the circuit court has, has held that up federally. But here in Massachusetts, the state Supreme Court has unfortunately ruled against um, police officers and corrections officers in the cases they've been trying to bring. Jeff, isn't it, before I let you go, isn't it amazing how DeSantis has just emerged as such a, what a difference in states of Florida and California of when, when, when government gets out of the way and, and does things in a common sense approach. My God, I mean, as you know, Florida is the new California. California is <laughs> falling off into the sea and DeSantis shows that when you listen to the people, and and don't listen to the far left and don't listen to the progressives because that's the way the party's being dragged. L- look at how a state can take off. And, and you're exactly right. Massachusetts, in some ways, could almost be like the Florida or the North. It could be. I mean, we've got everything. that We've got beaches. We've got ski hills. We've got everything that you want to do in, in, in the world. It's amazing. And unfortunately, people feel like they have to leave because they, they can't afford to stay in this state. The, you know, it's, it's just a continuing rise of cost of living here. It's just crazy. Um, look, Smith & Wesson out in western Massachusetts, where it's lower cost of living, they left their uh, headquarters of a couple hundred. They've been here like 130 years. Yep. They left their headquarters because our attorney general, Maura Healy, is about ready to try to ban the AR-15, which is 60% of their revenue. Mm. They, they, they make 60% of their revenue uh, from that, and they, they're leaving because of politics. Politics. 750 jobs are leaving Springfield, and the headquarters are going to Tennessee because of our attorney general's stance on guns. You know, it's it's amazing. That's the that's the real problem with Massachusetts. And that's something that, again, we haven't had a governor that's willing to stand up to this uh, for quite a while. I can't wait to get in there and have have that chance to really represent everybody. Folks, again, he is Jeff Deal. He is running for governor of Massachusetts, Republican. Jeff, again, number one, it's great to talk to you. Number two, I'm very excited for you. And I look forward in less than a year, have the opportunity to say, Governor Deal, you are the real deal. This is going to be a fantastic campaign. The enthusiasm is already there. Uh, thanks for talking to us. We're going to talk to you again very soon and actually a lot. And, uh, be well on the campaign trail and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. And thanks to your listeners again for, for uh, having me on and, and, and hearing me out. And if you go to JeffDeal.com, you're going to really enjoy what you see. All right. So talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Folks, again, Jeff Deal, Republican right here on the John DePietro Show. And uh, that is exciting. You know, Governor Baker 
Um, I don't know what happened. I, I received an email, someone saying, you know, what do you, what do you think happens in, in a primary and blah, blah. You know what? You don't have to worry about that now. And if someone else wants to come forward and challenge him. And by the way, the Boston Globe is is trying to, you know, oh, it's a fight for the party and, and it's the soul of the party. You know, that, that listen, they're, they're not going to support whoever the Republican is anyway. So this business that there's a, a fight for the party and this is the Trump thing and everything. Listen, he's his own guy. He's been on the scene. Uh, I believe that he's going to get a lot. He's been endorsed. He's going to get the enthusiasm of the Trump crowd. And as I mentioned to you, when I, you know, whether it's um, whether it was Mark Meadows or President Trump or Pina Navarro, they know Jeff Deal. I'm very excited for him. See, this is one of those things. He it, it was tough going against Elizabeth Warren, but now. It was the right move. It was absolutely the right move to do that. What's the Globe has a story. Massachusetts GOP Chairman Jim Lyons, a man with visions, is stalked by the cruel reality, a less imaginative world. Um, I, I don't know. D- listen, they're going to continue to try to say, you know, the mass GOP needs a reboot. I think Jeff hit all the right chords. And whoever's going to challenge him on the Democrat side, uh, they, they are going to be. A, they're going to be a um, the, the pandering to the left. As simple as that. I'm seeing another headline now on CNN. Walsh avoids questions on mass governor's race. I'm focused now on labor sec- secretary job. Also, uh, oh, now there's talk that Marty Walsh, whether or not he's going to run for governor of Massachusetts, but didn't rule it out. All right, let him jump in. Why not? So. Boy, that would be interesting. I I think that is going to be a very um, uh, destructive Democrat primary. Yeah, that was just posted. So Walsh may leave the Biden administration to run for governor of Massachusetts. So there's that. Um, And then, of course, you have more Healy uh, waiting there in the. Let me just read quickly. uh, Response. Whether he's going to jump in, won't rule it out. Um, focused on his duties. He, I'm focused on labor secretary. So room, speculation has swirled of who may get into the race for governor now that Charlie Baker, clear front runner, is not seeking a third term. Also, I was surprised Lieutenant Governor Karen Polito also, she's not going to run for governor, which is a little surprising. But three prominent Democrats have declared their candidacy. State Senator Sonia Chang-Diaz, former State Senator Ben Dowling. Harvard Professor Daniel Allen, but the immediate focus turns to Maura Healey, Democrat Attorney General. She considered running for governor when asked. Uh, I'll give that another day, blah, blah, blah. On the Republican side, Jeff Deal, Trump endorsed conservative, running since July. President Trump pledged his support last month. There you go. Walsh received a flood of calls of encouragement telling him to get into the race. So we shall see on that. Well, folks, right now, good afternoon. It's 158, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. We're going to have Jeff on a lot. Listen, as many of you know that are listening right now in Bellingham, I get a lot of email from Massachusetts listeners that live in Rentham and Franklin and Uxbridge and North Attleboro and uh, all over Mass, even up into Douglas and Worcester. And so uh, we are going to, that's that's a big race, both. So you have Baker's out, open seat in Massachusetts. And 
I think Governor McKee's going to have a tough time because in many ways he's he's not the incumbent. He's finishing out the term, but I think he's going to be seen as the incumbent. And there was a, a good quote about there was a meeting with the Republican senators and Mitch McConnell said, listen, no one cares about the plans of a challenger. Elections are a referendum on the incumbent. And that's what it's about. And on, and I think that's going to present a problem for for Governor Dan McKee. That's what I think is uh, going to be a problem for him. He may not even realize it yet. So, folks, again, uh, I want to thank you for listening. Of course, the great Jeff Gamach. Uh, visit the shop on DePetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. And then you just scroll down a little bit. And you'll see shop, and there's some great, great items that are there. I will be doing Facebook over the weekend. Find my Facebook page. Again, if you you go to the website and then the Facebook page, you can find the page that we're using, RI1 News, for our live stream. We've partnered with them. I want uh, everyone to enjoy this Friday. Go out and support local business. Some of the places I mentioned, buy a gift certificate. From some of these places, whoever it may be, support your local businesses. I want you to stay tuned for the two o'clock news and then the John Dion program. WNRI Winsocket.